0: This morning, I want to preach a message to you uh, titled, A 2020 Thanksgiving. I'm going to read the scripture, and then we will be seated. If you're watching at home, uh, please uh, take your Bibles, and we're going to read together, verse 17 and 18. And after I pray, you can be seated. Habakkuk chapter number 3, verse 17 says this, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail. And the field shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will joy in the God of my salvation. Father, I pray that you bless the message today, help us. As we look into your word, we recognize today that it, we give you the glory for all that you've done in our lives. Lord, it's not what we've done. We cannot earn, we know, our way to, to be saved. Lord, we know that. But Lord, even more than that, we recognize you reached way down for us. And thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thanksgiving is this week, and I cannot wait for Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. I cannot wait. My wife always does an incredible spread, and uh, Thanksgiving is everything about happiness. But I know today that you don't want me to talk about food. You don't want me to talk about that because you don't want to be hungry. Amen? You don't want me to talk about the beautifully browned, moist turkey sitting in the oven just waiting to be dipped in a bathtub of gravy. You don't want me to talk about that today. You don't want me to talk about hot brown rolls with Butter dripping off the side, sprinkled with a little bit of salt. You don't want me to talk about that. You don't want me to talk about hot, steaming stuffing sitting there, just waiting for you. You don't want to talk about. You don't want to talk about yams with just brown, crunchy marshmallows on. You don't want me to talk about that stuff. And so I'll skip right over that. Amen. Amen. And uh, I love though Thanksgiving time more than just the food. I enjoy family and I hope you enjoy your family. I enjoy uh sitting down with my wonderful wife and I said it this morning, she was here. She goes to the first service typically and and then does some other things out in the property during this service, but she uh I, I how many understand I married way up, amen? And I'm a lucky man and I have a wonderful wife. I love sitting around with my kids and and you have wonderful families and you have great kids and and you have some of you have many grandkids and your families and and it's just a wonderful time to thank the Lord and be together, have some food, watch some football, and just enjoy the day. And that's what I love about Thanksgiving. I can't wait for this week. And uh, and I understand all of these things, but guess what? It's 2020. <laughs> and you might be thinking, Pastor, it's 2020. It's a 2020 Thanksgiving. <laughs> Amen. And so today, I want to just talk to you for a moment about how we can have a good 2020 Thanksgiving. And yes, the food will be good, and yes, being around family is wonderful, and and but sometimes outside of the walls of our homes, especially in a day like today, we look around what's going on and we think to ourselves, everything seems to be uh, falling apart. Everything kind of seems to be discouraging outside of the walls of our home. But may I encourage you today that no matter what's going on outside of the home or even inside of your heart today, you can still have a wonderful 2020 Thanksgiving. A.W. Tozer said, said it best. He said, perhaps it takes a purer faith to praise God for unrealized blessings than for those we once enjoyed or those that we're enjoying now. There are certainly some blessings in our lives that we have enjoyed in the past and, and certainly some things in our life that we wish would go back to normal. But understand this morning that tw- just because it's 2020 doesn't mean that we can't have a wonderful Thanksgiving season how many have ever heard this phrase before? Hindsight is always 2020. Of course, referring to our what? Our eyesight. 2020 vision is when you see things perfectly, when you see things the way that they should be seen. And here's the truth this morning. A lot of times we look back in the past of our life and we can see things clearly when we look back to the past. But the truth is when we look at our life today in the present, we have a hard time understanding and a hard time seeing things clearly. So I want us to think about this. We must have it. We need to have a 2020 Thanksgiving. We need to see things for how they really are. And so today, I want to help you with that. I hope that that this message will help us. For most of us, things didn't go planned this year. Things didn't go as planned. And I think that's a fair statement for most of us, for some more than others. But here's the, here's the truth today. There's a lot of blessings and a lot of things to be thankful for that maybe we're just not seeing. I found encouragement this week in a very unlikely place. I found it in this small book of Habakkuk. Most of us had a hard time finding Habakkuk this morning, but what's interesting is Habakkuk has some things that I think we could draw for some help today. First, let's commiserate a little bit with Habakkuk and let's go to our point number one. If you're taking notes, we see the struggle of Thanksgiving. The struggle of Thanksgiving. Take your Bibles and go back to Habakkuk chapter number one. Let's see what where Habakkuk started in this book, and then we'll find out where he ended in chapter three. But look at Habakkuk chapter number one, look at verse one. Habakkuk begins speaking here. He says, the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see, O Lord, how long shall I cry and thou will not hear? Now compare that statement with what we read when we opened the service today where he said, I will rejoice in the Lord. Notice where he starts here. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry? And how long will thou not hear even cry unto thee of violence and thou will not save? Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance for spoiling and violence are before me? And there are that raise up strife and contention. Maybe some of this sounds a little familiar. Verse four, therefore the law is slacked and judgment doth never go forth for the wicked doth what? Compass about the righteous, wherefore wrong judgment proceedeth. One of the, at this particular time, one of the few good kings in Israel had just died. Josiah had just been killed. And now the nation of Israel is sliding quickly back into a state of hypostasy. Habakkuk looks at the way that his nation is living, in the way that people are behaving. And he's looking at the decisions of the leadership at the time of his day. And he's thinking to himself, "Why are, well, what's going on around me? Why, it seems like everybody is losing their minds and they're walking away from God and they're walking away from biblical principles. And it doesn't seem like anybody cares. It doesn't seem like the leadership cares. And he's struggling with what's happening around him. How many of you feel a little bit like that today? He looks at the way the, the rampant the apostasy around him and worse yet, what he sees is he sees a vision of Babylon, the Chaldeans bringing judgment upon his people. He sees on the hill as it were. Babylon, the Chaldeans coming to bring God's judgment upon his nation, the place, the people that he loves and the nation uh, that he grew up in and, and that he is a prophet for. And so Habakkuk is struggling with thanksgiving because he sees the way the nation is living and he sees something else and something that we struggle with. And that's letter A is he struggled with and we struggle with God's silence. He was struggling with the silence of God. Look at verse two. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry? And will, thou wilt not hear? Habakkuk says, I'm crying unto you, God. I'm, I'm asking you for answers. And why are you not listening? Why did you allow that thing to happen? Why are you allowing this to take place around me? And interestingly, we find that Habakkuk doesn't go to Israel and accuse them. He doesn't preach to them. As a matter of fact, uh, we don't see him speaking to the people at all in Habakkuk but we record here what's recorded are his complaints his his laments and they are really to God and God alone look at verse 3 notice what he says he says why dost thou show me iniquity he said god I see what's going on around me. I see the iniquity of this land. I see the iniquity of my people. And he says, and cause me to behold grievance. There's spoiling and there's violence. And the, the people around me are living like there is no God. And they're living around me like there is no Bible. There, there is no law. There is no moral compass. Why, God, are you not taking care of this? In his day, the law was being ignored. In our day, it's the Bible. Are you listening this morning? In his day, it was the law. In our day, the Bible's being ignored, even by people in our own churches. They don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what the Bible says. I only care about what I think, and I only care about my opinion. That's the day that Habakkuk lived in. That's the day that we live in. There was violence and strife and crooked politicians and evil rulers. Does all of this sound familiar to you? Habakkuk says, God, I see what's happening in my country. Why don't you take care of it, God? Don't you see the wickedness, Lord, around me? Why don't you take care of this, God? Have you ever had a hard time understanding why God allows certain things to happen? I think I've done 21 funerals now since I've been pastor. That's too many funerals for a pastor, too many. I shouldn't be doing that many funerals. It seems like, it seems like we're having more and more, but I'm not complaining, it's my job, and I, I'm glad I can help families. But sometimes I stand in a funeral and I... I just have to shrug my shoulders. and It doesn't make sense to me. It may be in your life and and other things. It could be a financial struggle. It could be a family issue. But sometimes we think in our minds, we think, how long, oh Lord? And we struggle with that silence. Can I just say something this morning? The struggle is real. The struggle is real. It's real in your life. It's real in mine. And you might look around and you think, man, if I had a life like theirs, you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what they're facing, what they have to face in the morning and what they have to face at night. And, and all I'm trying, all I'm simply saying today is sometimes we look at, at the heavens and we say, God, why, God, why doth the heathen rage? Why, why did this happen? And why are you allowing these things to happen? And we struggle with God's silence. If you're Habakkuk, if you're like Habakkuk, you might be looking at the mess our country is in today. The spiritual condition of our homes around us and the judgment of God we might feel is coming. The trajectory of our nation is not good. And we wonder, how long, oh Lord, will you be silent? Habakkuk is struggling with God's silence. Secondly, Habakkuk struggled with something else I think we struggle with. Don't worry, the good part's coming. But let her be, we are shocked sometimes when God actually speaks. I remember that story in the New Testament where the church was praying for Peter to be released from prison. And they're on their knees, and they're begging God, God, uh, please help Peter to get out of prison. God, will you do something? Will you do a miracle? God, please, I pray for Peter. Who is it? It's Peter. No, it's not. He's in prison. God, would you please free Peter? It's Peter. It's not Peter. We're praying for Peter, right? And sometimes God does things, and we're shocked. You see, God does answer Habakkuk. Look at verse 5. Notice what God says. Behold ye among the heathen, and regard, and marvel, and wonder marvelously. For I will work a work in your days, which ye shall not believe, though it be told you. God says, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And then when I do it, you're going to be shocked. How many of you God ever shocks you when he answers our prayers? You see, Habakkuk was shocked. He was going to be shocked. God was telling him. Well, what an amazing response! God does respond, and God responds to His complaints. He says, "Listen up, Abbaque." He says, "I hear what you're saying. You're 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 complaining to me, but I'm telling you that I will do something." May I just say that God knows exactly what's going on. We get surprised when God answers our prayers, but God is never surprised. Amen. Our mistake often is this: we mistake God's silence for His absence. We mistake God's silence for his absence. God is not absent. Oh my friend, don't make that mistake. God is not absent. Take your Bibles and go to 2nd Peter chapter number 3 quickly. It's at the towards the end of your New Testament, 2nd Peter chapter 3. And like I said, we're going to get to the good part in just a moment, but we need to understand where Habakkuk started here, where he's coming from, full potential of chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, we have to understand where Habakkuk's coming from. He's coming from the same place where we are. We look around us sometimes like, what in the world is going on? God, why aren't you taking care of this? Why didn't you answer this prayer? And so look at Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not, what? Slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, some men Think that God is not going to show up and take care of business. Let me tell you something. God is going to take care of business when God is ready. He's not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is what? Long-suffering. Sometimes God's silence is long-suffering. Notice it's to us we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with a fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works, all the works, all the works that are therein shall be burned up. God is not slack. Oh, listen, church family, let me encourage you this morning. I know uh, there's some things going on in, in your life, and I know there's things going on in our world, but please don't think for one second. God doesn't know what's going on. God knows exactly what's going on in your life. Don't mistake his silence for his absence. He's well aware of your situation. He's heard every word of your prayer. He's heard every prayer that you've prayed. He's seen every tear that's fallen down your face. He's been there through every sleepless nights. He's there for through every lonely hour. God might be silent right now, but he's not absent. God's silence, make no mistake, is God's sovereignty. God is not slack. He's going to make all things right someday. I love that old song. I know you love it too. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tear to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day. I said, what a day. Glorious day that'll be, but we're not there yet. What's coming? We struggle with God's silence. We're shocked when he speaks. And then let her see, sometimes... Let her see, we struggle with God's solution. Habakkuk was about to find out that God's silence was actually a form of mercy. Has anyone ever said to you, Be careful for what you wish for? (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. You see, God was going to send judgment, He was orchestrating and ordaining the Chaldeans to come this empire to come to take the people captive and to utterly destroy the city. And, to, and and so at this particular time, while Habakkuk is saying, God, how long shall I cry? God is saying, I'm having mercy on you right now. And then God finally does speak. And Habakkuk argues with the answer. Go to Habakkuk chapter 1, look at verse 12. Notice his argument. And sometimes we do this. We pray and we pray and we pray and God gives us the answer. And then we argue with the answer. It's human nature. Look at Habakkuk chapter 1, look at verse 12. Notice what Habakkuk says to God. Are thou not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my holy one? We shall not die, O Lord. Thou hast ordained them, talking about the Chaldeans, thou hast ordained them for judgment. O mighty God, thou hast established them for correction. Thou art art of pure eyes than to behold evil and canst not, not look on iniquity. Wherefore, lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously and holdest thy tongue And when the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he, Habakkuk says to God, he said, you're going to use the Chaldeans to judge us? We're better than they are. He argues with the solution. Habakkuk says, God, what are you doing? I prayed for you to fix this situation, but now it's going to be made worse. Sometimes in our life, God's solution is not what we expected. Sometimes God's solution is not what we wanted. And I don't know about you, but I take great comfort in Isaiah chapter 55. Verse eight and nine. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes God does some things that doesn't make sense to us, but it always makes sense to him. How many are glad that God's in control? How many are glad that the president of the United States isn't really in control? How many are glad God's in control? I'm glad God's in control and not you or me. I can't even put together a a bicycle correctly. Uh, There's missing parts afterwards. Have you ever put together Ikea furniture? God created the heavens and the earth. God's plan and his sovereignty of Christ uh, coming to redeem mankind. And aren't you glad that you can trust God 100% of the time? And aren't you glad that he doesn't leave it up to you to figure it all out because you'd mess it up? And so would I. We may not understand why he is silent sometimes, and we may not understand why he does what he does, and we might be surprised at the solutions that he chooses, but we have comfort in the fact that he is sovereign. That's the God that I serve. I don't serve a God that says, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake there. That's not the God that I serve. May I just say, we sometimes struggle with thanksgiving because of God's silence, because we're surprised, because of his solutions We can have a 2020 Thanksgiving. Say, Pastor, you don't know what's going on in my life. You you don't know what's. And listen, I probably don't. But you can still have a 2020 Thanksgiving. Say, Pastor, how is that? Well, we need to get our focus off of what we see and get our focus on the solution. And that's number two in our notes. And that's the source of Thanksgiving. I love turkey. I love stuffing, but guess what? After it's gone, it's gone, baby. Amen. That's not the source of thanksgiving. The source of thanksgiving isn't my job. The source of thanksgiving aren't my friends. The source of thanksgiving aren't my family. The source of thanksgiving is not my country. These are all things that I give thanks for, but that is not the source of my thanksgiving. Now let's go back to Habakkuk chapter three and let's look at verse 17 again. And I think we'll get to this source. You ready? Here we go. Habakkuk chapter three, verse 17. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither the fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail and the field shall yield no meat and the flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Now I want to put that in your vernacular. Ready? Here we go. Whether the stock market crashes and whether the car breaks down and whether Governor Newsom only allows one person in the house at a time and whether they make me wear masks all the time and, and, and going on and on and on. Whether I lose my job, that's what that's what Habakkuk is saying, verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. The source of Habakkuk's thanksgiving was not the fruit on the vine. It was not the job. It was not the good things happening. It was not the plenty. We are thankful for those things. And how many are thankful for the plenty that we enjoy? But that's not the source of our thanksgiving. The source of our thanksgiving is I will joy in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He is my strength. Somewhere. Between chapter 2 and 3, Habakkuk realizes that what he was doing was looking in the wrong places for his joy. He was looking at his nation, Israel, and he found no joy there. And I have to be quite honest with you, I'm not, I, don't, I find very little joy in looking at the direction of our nation, and I'm sure you do too. I love my country. I love America. I love America. Yeah. So do you. We live in the greatest country on this planet. I believe that. But I grieve over her direction. And I grieve in the direction of many of our churches in this country, in our lives. But that's not the source of my joy. That's not the source of my thankfulness. I'm thankful for the great churches we have in America. We have some great churches. I think about the churches all up and down our state. and I know men today that are having church just like we are, not in a defiant spirit, but in a humble spirit. And our prayer is that God would allow us to continue. I'm thankful for men across this country, soul-winning churches, people taking the gospel, and I'm thankful for that. But that is not the source of my joy. That is not the source of my thanksgiving. God is the source of my thanksgiving and yours as well. May I say today that our circumstances should not be the source of our thankfulness. Habakkuk figured this out. Our only source for thankfulness is the God of our salvation. He is my source of thankfulness, not my circumstances. He is the source of my thankfulness, not what's going on around me. Some of us need to see a little bit clearer. We need to have 20-20 vision and realize what God has really done for us. The source of my thanksgiving is not who sits in the White House. The source of my thanksgiving is not what's going on with the stock market. The source of my thanksgiving is not whether I can find toilet paper at Costco, amen? Although, let me tell you, I'm thankful when we can, amen? No, our ultimate source of thanksgiving should come from God and what He's revealed about Himself in His Word and in the person of Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Our ultimate source of thanksgiving should come from what God has revealed about himself, in his word, and in the person of Jesus Christ. That is the source of our thanksgiving. We could sit around our tables this Thursday, and no matter what's going on in the news, we can thank God for who he is and what he's done. We can thank God for his son, Jesus Christ, who came and died on the cross for my sin and for your sin. And when I pillow my bed, at night, I know that if I die, I will spend eternity in a place called heaven. That is where I find my source of thanksgiving. There's some awesome things that God has done for us and does for us. Let me give you a couple of these. How about his love? How about the love of God? You understand that we could have a God that's not loving, I suppose, but he is loving. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What an incredible, sacrificial, undeserved, unearned, unfathomable love that God shows to us every day. That's something to be thankful for. How about His mercy? Psalms chapter number 103, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath dealt with us after our, he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. And if we really look, listen, if we really look into our lives, we can really recognize that God has not dealt with me the way that I should have been dealt with his mercy. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. And like a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Oh, that's something to be thankful for, his love and his mercy. And yes, we can complain about our situations, and some have some difficult situations. And yes, we can complain about what's going on around us like Habakkuk. But listen. The truth is this morning, we deserve much worse and we could be in much worse of a situation. We're thankful for his love. We're thankful for his mercy. How about his salvation? Just how about thanking God for his salvation? I found this quote by John Calvin and I'm not a Calvinist, but listen to what John Calvin said. Since no man is excluded from calling of God, since no man is excluded from calling upon God, the gate of salvation is open to all. Boy, Calvinism has gone a long ways from what John Calvin said here. There is nothing else to hinder us. This is what he said. There's nothing else to hinder us from entering but our own belief. Maybe you're here today. You don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Here's something that you can be thankful for. You don't have to earn your salvation. How much do I have to give to be a Christian? Nothing. How many times do I need to go to church? Never. How many times do I need to serve in a ministry? Not one time. Well, how how much do I need? No, that's all works. We're not saved that way. We're saved by faith in Christ and in Him alone. That's something to be thankful for. I don't have to, I don't have to be better. Are you listening this morning? Now, I will be better because I love my Lord, but I don't have to be better than I am to be saved. How many recognize that there's not enough good works we can do? That's something to be thankful for. How about His sovereignty? I'm thankful for His sovereignty. How about His long-suffering? God is patient. How about His forgiveness? Aren't you glad you're forgiven? How about His wisdom that He gives us? J.I. Packer said this, Wisdom is the power to see, an inclination to choose, the best and highest goal, together with the surest means of attaining it. Wisdom is, in fact, the practical side of moral goodness. As such, it is found its usefulness only in God. He alone is naturally and entirely and invariably wise. Aren't you thankful for God's wisdom? Arthur Pink said this, everything about God is great. Everything about God is great. Vast. Incomparable. He never forgets. He never fails. He never falters. He never forfeits his word. If it was just for God alone, we have something to be thankful for. Even with all the crazies, all the craziness that 2020 has brought our path. May we look to heaven this week. And like Habakkuk, who started off, how long, oh God? May we go from there and look back at verse 18 of chapter 3. And let's read it together. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 18. Ready to begin. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God. That's the key to a 2020 thanksgiving.